Once upon a time. Welcome to a new episode of Discover Oral Teaching. In this episode, we will continue with biographies, or rather with paying attention to people who are often overlooked, but have a lot of potential to speak to us and to carry messages. We will take the spotlight away from the main characters, which are often addressed and spoken about, and we'll put the spotlight at the minor characters and make them main characters. This has actually several advantages. The first one has to do with identification. I mentioned earlier that stories affect us so deeply because the listener identifies with the hero of a story and whatever that person learns, the hearer learns as well. But we also sympathize and identify much better and faster with people who are similar to us. If people live lives very different from ours or experience events we have and probably never will experience, there is a gap and a distance. Well, when we look at the New Testament, often one of the main characters is Jesus. And no one, believer or not, identifies with Jesus. And the other main character is often a person who experienced some supernatural event, being healed or raised from the death or have demons cast out, all experiences which only very few have actually experienced personally. So in general, the average listener won't identify easily with these main characters and can feel rather with bystanders, which are the minor characters. A second advantage of looking at the side people is that themes can be addressed which might be very relevant to the people who listen to your story or lesson. I will explain that in detail soon. A third advantage is mainly for those of you who like to act out Bible stories. I'm sure whoever did it knows how difficult it is to act Jesus. Often there are only a few male actors anyway, and then they have to act Jesus and often feel very awkward. Furthermore, in most Muslim communities, it is a taboo to act Jesus, since no man is ever holy enough to portray Jesus. So it is possible to avoid having Jesus acted out by focusing on the minor character and making them the main character telling and showing the story from their perspective, having them talk about what they see, for example, what Jesus is doing, that will bring the story and the situation alive, but leaves Jesus and also other difficult things to act, like Peter sinking in the water, off the stage. I hope you see the possibilities of minor characters, and so now Mark 2, 1-12 will be read... And I will use that story to teach you how to find and work with minor characters. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, They made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. 
Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. This story is a good example of typical main characters who are difficult to identify with. Jesus and a crippled man who experienced complete healing in an instant. So, let's see who else is in the story. Of course, they are the four friends. And they are also Pharisees. And there is a large crowd, so many people that the friends couldn't enter the house. So many, many, many people. These are mentioned. But there are also people who are not mentioned, but they must have been there or are very likely to have been there. These are the disciples. They were usually where Jesus was. And also the owner of the house. I'm quite sure that Jesus did not just occupy a random house where nobody was in, but that he was in a house which was owned by somebody. Also that person or that family is not mentioned, but I'm sure they were there. So when you look at these, you can be more specific. For example, the four friends, there were four. And I'm sure there were four different personalities. Maybe only one had the idea to bring the friend to Jesus. And the others maybe didn't have all that faith or they weren't that excited. Maybe there was one who just came along because they needed a fourth one to carry that lame person. Also, if you look at the Pharisees, there were at least two because they are plural. And also the Pharisees were not always the same. Very often, people tend to put them in the same box and say, oh, they are the bad guys, all in black clothes, and they always wanted to kill Jesus immediately. It's not true. The Bible tells us a lot about Pharisees that were really considering, is Jesus the Messiah or not? And actually, that was their job. They had to test people if they are the Messiahs or not. So they are doing what they need to do, It's just that some had different attitudes. Some were afraid of their power and others did consider Jesus to be the Messiah. And some Pharisees became believers. So we can also show the different attitudes of Pharisees and different responses to what Jesus did and said. Then, of course, we have 12 different disciples. Also, the disciples are often portrayed that they were always hungry or always at the same time tired. They were all astonished and they were all full of doubts. It's not true. There were 12 different men, 12 different characters. And if you do a research and a study on their personalities, it's very interesting. So also the disciples might have responded to what they see in a different way. And then, of course, you have all these many, 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 many people. And you can, of course, say, well, what kind of people were there? There were men, women, children. It's not really interesting. Make it more specific. 
So maybe there were people who were just nosy and hanging out and following Jesus, wanting to see what happens. But maybe they were also neighbors or parents. And then it's always interesting to specifically say whose parents it were or neighbors. Because there is a difference. Were the parents of the friends or the parents of the lame person? It is, of course, much more interesting to look at the parents of the lame person who had to care for a sick child for many, many years. As closer as a person is emotionally to the events, as more interesting the person gets. For example, just imagining, we don't know if that person was there, but the fiancé of the lame person, imagining she was there, knowing she would marry soon a crippled person, and suddenly her fiancé can walk and is a healthy man that would change her future totally. Then, of course, there were also some people inside the house and some people outside that house that makes a big difference for what they see and how they experience the whole event. I'm quite sure that there were also a lot of people who had brought sick people with them and had the desire to be healed as well. And we don't know if Jesus healed all the people there. It's not written. So what about people who came with their sick children, relatives and friends? And Jesus did not heal them, but they saw one person healed going home. I don't know if that person was there, but I like to imagine the doctor of the lame person was in the house. The physician who had looked at this young man for years and years and certainly knew that person is lame. It's not a fake. I tried everything to heal him. I tried everything to make him better. It didn't work. Medicine and signs came to an end. There was no hope. And suddenly that hopeless patient got up and walked. So I think that's a very interesting character to look at if that person would have been there. And I just said already in the beginning that you can address themes by minor characters who might be relevant and interesting to your audience. So, for example, if you have in your church or in your group people who struggle with chronic illnesses and they might have prayed a lot, they might even went to healing conferences or anything, but God chooses not to heal them. There might be a lot of hurt and also struggle and doubts in their faith and Then if you choose to have a person in the crowd who came with someone, another sick person, and does not get healed, you could address thoughts and struggles and put it in the mouth of that person that might be very comforting and actually helping the people who are struggling with that issue. The same with parents. If you have people in your church who have to care for parents or other sick people in their family, maybe having a parent who has to care for the son for many years speak on stage or in the story about the life, what it means to have a sick child and to care for that child can be very, very helpful for these people to hear it. The same if you have an audience that would be interested in Bible and signs, this physician might be a good character to address issues that are relevant for your audience. 
So this is about the story, if you stay in the time that the story happens. But actually, you also have before the story and after the story. For example, you could look at the four friends before they decided to go to Jesus. Maybe they had a discussion. Is it worthwhile? Is Jesus really trustworthy? Where does he get the power to heal? Is he from heaven or is he actually a servant of Satan? These discussions come up in the Bible. So you could also address that topic while you show the four friends. You could also show things that happened after this event of the story. You could show the lame person now being healed. He has to deal with a completely new life. He was always crippled. Now he is healed and he has to start working to take responsibility. You could show the Pharisees on their way back to Jerusalem arguing what they should write in the report. You can also show the owner of the house. After everyone has gone home, the owner of the house is left behind, has to clean up, and he has a hole in his roof. Maybe he's not really excited about it. Maybe he thinks, well, I'm not inviting Jesus again if this is the result of hospitality. Maybe he is excited. We don't know. But you see, you can really have interesting perspectives and themes and scenes if you go a little away from that story and look what happened before or what might have happened before and what might have happened afterwards. There are quite a number of options which are all connected with just one story. So the Bible is full of stories and possible themes and characters. But there's one aspect which I like to address shortly. As further you go away from the story, maybe main character-wise or time-wise, as more interpretation and assumptions come around the corner. So we use the little we know, but the rest we often fill with thoughts and possibilities. And I mentioned it before with storytelling. If my audience does not know anything from the Bible and my story or my drama is the only source of the Bible they will get, I will stick as close to the original text as possible. And even if the audience knows the Bible, I still have the responsibility to do research about the social, cultural and religious backgrounds of that time in order to do the Bible justice and not just project into the story and into the character whatever I like. I can't be random. I have to take responsibility. To finish on a positive note, I want to repeat that even though societies and cultures were different back then, the people were still like us in the way their hopes, their dreams, fears and challenges. And God is also still the same. And therefore there is a lot to relate to and a lot to learn from the Bible stories. So get up, choose a story, take your time to look at the minor characters Who are they? Start thinking about how they might have experienced that situation you are reading about. I'm sure the exercise will be beneficial and enriching. So, have fun. (laughs) 